0: Greetings, family. Welcome to today's book study. Actually, it's a book review written in 1947 by Agnes Sanford called The Healing Light. Healing Light, pretty interesting. It says right here, the scientific, in the introduction, the scientific attitude is the attitude of perfect open-mindedness, writes Agnes Sanford. It consists of an unshakable faith in the laws of nature combined with perfect humility towards those laws and a patient determination to learn them at whatever cost. Through this humility, scientists have learned how to conform to the laws of nature and by doing have achieved results. Through the same meekness, those who seek God can produce results by learning to conform to His laws of faith and love. The first step in seeking to produce results by any power is to contact that power. The second step is to turn it over. The third step is to believe that this power is coming into us and to accept it by faith. No matter how much we ask for something, it becomes ours only as we accept it and give thanks for it. These three steps are made so clear in this book that a child can understand them. But something besides understanding is required if one desires really healing, and that something besides is what this book produces to give. But Let me read that again. But something besides understanding is required if one desires real healing, and that something besides is what this book proceeds to give. That something besides with Agnes Sanford possesses more than anyone I have met is hard to catch and put into words. It is something as evanescent and indefinable as the air we breathe. For want a better word, I shall call it the climate necessary for healing. In northern Siberia, there is a Russian port used for whaling vessels in the summer season. But in winter, with the temperatures ranging from 50 to 90 degrees below zero, no vessel has ever been known to enter. The port is there, the wharves are there, and all the avenues for ships to come and go are there, but no vessels ever come. It would be silly to ask why, because everyone knows why they don't come in. It's because of the wrong kind of climate. Anyone who steps into the presence of Agnes steps into the right kind of climate for healing. When I look over the manuscript of this book, I had only a secondary interest in seeing whether she had the technique of healing because I knew she had that. I knew that thousands of people who have never healed anyone in their lives also had the technique. My primary interest was in seeing whether this book prepared for a world where the spiritual temperature is so far below zero, could furnish a climate that will make healing a living reality. To my great joy, I found that this is exactly what it does do. I therefore put it on my must list for all who wish to go all out in their seeking for the healing power of God. Agnes Sanford was born in China as the daughter of a Presbyterian missionary. She has lived for years in New Jersey as the wife of an Episcopalian rector, and she has studied and tried every form of healing that has ever been known. Never have I met one who combined the metaphysical and the sacramental approach as she does. I have never met anyone more Christ-centered nor anyone more church-centered and yet more utterly unconcerned about the creed or lack of creed of those that she administers to. I explained to the suffering soldier boy that there was a healing energy in him that the doctors called nature. That's this, this same healing life was in the world outside of him too, and that he could receive more of it by the asking for it. Who, I asked, Sammy wondered. Ask God, because he is the one who made nature, and he's in nature, and he is nature. But I don't know anything about God. You know there's something outside of yourself, don't you? After all, you didn't make this world. There's some kind of life outside of you. Oh, sure. When you're scared enough, you'll feel like there must be something. Well, then ask that something to come into you. Just say, whoever you are or whatever you are, come into me now and help nature in my body to mend this bone. This book shows how this boy and scores of others like him were healed through simple exposure to the climate of faith and love. If to this faith and love there is added the warm sunshine of enthusiasm, humor, and good cheer, there is nothing more to be asked. When you finish reading this book, you will agree with me that this is far more than a book on healing. It is a guide of redemptive, creative living. This is from Glen St. Paul, Minnesota. This book was written in 1947. It's amazing. I heard of this book. I get this. I was listening to a, uh, a cassette tape on s- some business people or something, and I heard about this book on a speaker talking about it, about 1947, some- something about the healing light and believing. So I just believed that someday I'll come across this book, and I did, and here it is. Copyright 1947, and 22nd edition printing was 1957. There's that was the 22nd printing. Woo. Um I I lost my train of thought, but. I was thinking of uh, giving you a little more of it, of the uh, incredible chapters that it has here. Let's go ahead and read you uh, a few paragraphs of the last chapter. Of the last chapter, excuse me. How about that? It says uh, chapter X five, which is fifteen, for the healing of the world. Very appropriate, wouldn't you think? As we pray for sick people or for those in danger all over the world, we find out more and more that we are part of the world. Christ came first to save his own, and then through his own to bring the kingdom of heaven into the world. We are slow to believe this because secretly in the depths of our being, many of us do not want it. Many of us who call ourselves Christians have an unconfessed feeling that the kingdom of heaven is not suitable for any other kind of people except our own god wants us to enjoy a high standard of living but prefers that other people would perish from hunger but no amount of disapproval on our part will alter the original plan of the creator the more we resist the force that works towards his plan the more relentlessly it pursues us the fears the conflict against his will the greater the suffering that crashes wave after wave against the inexorable shores of eternity. The world is so ordered that every person in it is inextricably bound up with the welfare of every other person. For we are all one in Christ Jesus. Our thought vibrations are not limited by time or space. The sorrow of a nation is the sorrow of the world, for it creates in the air a thought vibration of sorrow. The agony of a race is the agony of humanity, for it generates a static that confuses the love vibrations of the whole world. It is a silent and inexorable force that follows us through history, and we must either turn and make friends with it or be destroyed by it. Some nations have will to dominate others and some nations have will to live alone and make money regardless of others. Both of these wills are incompatible with the will of God who says that we are one in Him. And through our very resistance, God has ruled us, He has ruled us, making the world more and more a unity every day. He has reduced the distance between nations so that the sea is a barrier, should be no more. As St. John foresaw, he has acquainted our own men with the lives of all men and made them see willingly the common humanity of all. He has literally mingled the blood of all men, the biplasma transfused without regard for color or race. And finally, he has used our own scientific genius to confront us once more with the inexorable fact that we are one. For the atomic bomb has forced the blindest of our folks to see that we must have one world or no world. We must learn then to pray not only for the healing of sick people here and there, not only for the production of our own, but also for the healing of a sick world. We know that this is so. We know that the healing of individuals fade into insignificance before this tremendous challenge. For it is the world is not healed of its desperate malady. There will soon be no sick people left to heal and no well ones left to pray for them. We know this and yet we don't do it. We just forget to pray for the world. Why? We don't know why. We mean to do it. We want to do it, but we just don't. Or if we do go through the motions of world prayer, our prayer seems vague and meaningless. The challenge is too great for our small spirits to meet. We lose our courage as we think of it. Our faith flickers and grows dim before the world's great need of faith. There are many saints and prophets true who pray for the world with power, but we are not saints and prophets. We are only little folk who yet want to do our best. How then shall we extend our healing prayers for the healing of a sick world? My own answer to this is to simplify my prayer objectives, to choose only a few objects for prayer at a time and to make them plain, concise and concrete. Thus, I can extend to them the prayer methods through which I have learned to set free power so I can feel the inner assurance that my prayers are producing results and feeling this can go forward with faith. It is true that all of the world needs prayer, but if I understand, take to pray in detail for every nation in the world and for capital and labor and trade and commerce and finance, I spread my prayers so thinly that I feel no force in any of them. My faith becomes confused and scattered, moreover I cannot help being weighed down by the appalling spectacle of famines and wars, selfishness and greed, confusion and hate. So my mind is filled with the kind of thinking that destroys faith and destroys power. In prayer for the world as in any other kind of prayer, God works through my faith. He cannot send his power through much speaking or through frantic pleading, but only through faith. The same laws of prayer apply to world prayer that applies to every other kind of prayer. The law is that in praying, we must believe that we are receiving the thing for which we pray. In other words, if we are going to pray effectively for the world or a sick friend or in any danger or anything else, we must believe that the thing for which we pray is at that moment being accomplished. Our first step in world prayer then is to bring down our objective to something concrete enough and simple enough so that we can believe that it is being accomplished while we pray for it only god knows what things these may be so our first step in world prayer in the seeking of guidance lord for what or for whom shall i pray at this time at this moment so as to further the coming of thy kingdom very often we ask this question certain people will come into our minds for nations are made up of people and prayer for a nation can often be simplified by turning them into prayers for the leaders of that nation. Okay, I'll go ahead and stop there. That was page 162. And I was reading the chapter for the healing of the world. So let's go ahead and pray. It's funny that they talk about prayer for the nations. I was earlier praying for the Get this: the uh, plates, titanic plates, for uh, for the United States, for Mexico, uh, for the 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 three, the surrounding tectonic plates. For some reason or another, last night I had a dream that I needed to pray for the three tectonic plates. I'm not even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly for Mexico. It was very clear, and I I was like in a room of council, and we were talking about the plates. And as I walked out of the room, I felt that it was it wasn't finished. I went back in, and prayed for the tectonic plates, three of them for Mexico. I looked in the internet today, and there are three basically touching Mexico, three plates. You have the one for Canada and Mexico, huge tectonic plate. Then you have the oceanic, the ocean uh, plate, and then you have uh, the other one, small one that's over El Salvador, Panama. So I prayed. So let's go ahead and pray for Mexico. So if there is a tremor, which is not going to be a small tremor according to my dream so we're going to pray for the whole for the tectonic plates all the people that are on it even people that are in fishing vessels or in the sea on that ocean let's pray because where the scripture we're going to claim is that god holds the ground together he holds the plates together so people can live at ease He's determined that none should perish, that will all come to him to glory. So let's pray for those plates, pray for the people that are on it, that they have a chance to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation. Let's go ahead and Lord, we believe that you're listening to our prayer. And we believe that our prayer are going to these plates, Lord, these three tectonic plates, Lord God, that hold up the the nation of Mexico, Lord. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that you are their shepherd, Father in heaven. Those souls shall not want. You make them lie down in green pastures, Lord, and you lead them besides the still waters. You restore their souls. You lead them in paths of righteousness for your namesake. Yes, though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they will fear no evil. For you are right beside them. Your rod and your staff, they comfort them. You prepare a table before them in the presence of their enemies. You anoint their heads with oil. Their cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy and loving kindness shall follow them all the days of their life. And they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. It's interesting to see that one of the place covers all of uh, the United States and Canada, and Alaska, which is a huge plate. Then you got the Pacific plate, and then another smaller plate that's touching Mexico. I believe something went forward, and we prayed for all the people to hold on to the Word of God and call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. And today is June 5th, the 5th of June, 2022. I wanted to put this... Uh, prayer and his dream on record. You heard it here, people. And that was uh, the results of reading a portion of The Healing Light of Agnes Sanford. Thank you so much for coming in here today for today's book review. May God bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lift up his counts and give you peace. Establish you in every which way and help you to prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's meditate and pray the Psalms. We meditate on God's mighty works, which have paved robes of hope to the mighty waters of despair. It's all about the words and activate them with faith. Trusting in the word, believing in the word, acting as if. There was a lady in England that was very famous. She made a book in 1947. Uh, she just very easily told people, act as if. Act as if God is real and he's listening to your prayers. That is obedience on our part. And... you. You will have faith in the process if you uh, will obey and have experience. Your experience will be full of hope. Amen. I cried out to you, Psalm 77, 120. I cried out to God, yes, I shout, oh, that God will listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long, I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God, I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I am too distressed.